Hey y'all, it's Barb. It's Shay. We're here to talk about a murder that's gonna knock you off your feet. So giddy up y'all, this is gonna be a wild one. Guys, welcome back to another episode. Happy Monday to you all. We hope you had a great weekend. How are you doing, Barb? I'm doing good. I had a great weekend. Did some Christmas shopping and saw some family, including you and some friends. Went out to dinner with them and yeah, I can't complain. Also put up the Christmas tree. How are you? I'm doing good. Uh, I got to go on a date last night with my fiance to all you can eat sushi place and got to see my niece, one of my nieces that for the first time and I got to see you. We went shopping at the mall and stuff. So yeah, I had a pretty good weekend. Well, I know that we posted on our Facebook page but Barb, would you like to share some amazing news that happened last week? Yes. So there was breaking news from one of our previous cases we covered earlier during the year. So if you have some time, scroll through all of our episodes. And if you want to listen to it, feel free because there has been a break in the case. It was a case on the Walker County Jane Doe. She was found dead on the side of the road and had been strangled to death in Huntsville, Texas but police were never able to uncover who this girl was. All they knew was that she was between the ages 14 and 18 years old, I believe. But after 41 years of working on this case, the police were finally able to identify Jane Doe as 14-year-old Sherry Jarvis, who was a runaway born in Minnesota. Now, the police are still working on identifying the cold-blooded killer that could have done this to Sweet Sherry. And that's just, that's so insane that she was so little running away, but I guess it was, it was in 1980, so that's crazy that, and that's what one of the theories was, was that she was from another state originally because they couldn't find out who she was, but when you look at the drawing and of her, like, it, they are exactly the same. Yes, and it's kind of crazy to me that, like, if she, if her parents were actually looking for her and, like, putting up, you know, missing persons reports and all of that, like, as a parent, I would be also curious of other states that have could have identified, like, one of my kids because possibly they could have been a runaway or they were, abduct like, abducted. The mm -hmm. person who kidnapped them could be going to other states to hopefully not get caught. So Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's kind of crazy how, like, for all these years, she was never identified. And as big as her case was in the 1980s, like, she was everywhere, like, plastered everywhere. Yeah, that's true. I just, I'm just happy that they, she has finally gotten her name back, honestly. And I'm glad that her family can finally find out what happened to her, you know? Yeah. Yes. I know well, it's not a good thing that ha what happened to her but at least they know and they can have some kind of peace at mind that we have that they have found her you know yeah and I feel like at this point that that the killer probably isn't going to be caught because just because they know who she is and know that she was a, in fact a runaway there's no really piece of evidence that's going to point you in the direction of a killer they have probably went through and combed through everything that was left at the scene so I'm just hoping that that 
maybe he is caught, but I'm grateful that, that she does have a name now and they are finally, you know, able to, to not close the case, but give the family and more so her as the victim, like some identity, you know what I mean? Like yeah. for years, nobody knew what happened to her, but yes, feel free guys. We, I think Cheyenne covered that case. Um, scroll back and listen to it. It's a very interesting case. Yes. Thank you for sharing that also. Well, before we start, I want to mention that we have a chance for you guys to get a shout out on the podcast. So please see our Facebook page for more information. Also, you have until the 20th to get your votes in for the November episode. Well, Barb, are you ready to hear about today's case? I'm ready. So let's get into it. I got my information from, wait, my computer is not scrolling. Sorry, guys. Okay. I got my information from creepypastafandom.com and mysteriousuniverse.org. Today, I want to tell you all a story about an elderly couple who mysteriously disappeared in 1997. I first heard this first heard this story on another podcast called Morbid, and I was skeptical on covering this case because it isn't actually a murder case, but I thought it was a tragic story that should be told. And I'm going to tell you about Layla and Raymond Howard. I tried so hard to find information about the couple before everything happened, like how they met, because they weren't originally a couple, like married before. They had spouses before, and I believe they had kids with their spouses before this as well. But yeah, I couldn't find very much information. So I'm going to add a picture here for you to describe them, Barb. Can you explain the couple in the picture? Uh, yeah, sure. So the woman has black hair. It's pretty short, like almost right at her ears. And it's quite impressive because her hair is super full, like really full for her age. So mm -hmm. bless her. they both are wearing glasses and are fairly pale skin. They look to be like in their mid 70s. He seems a little bit older, though. They have thin lips and her eyes look to be brown while his seem to be colored, maybe like possibly blue. And they seem like overall pretty easygoing. And if they are, they look like they would be a loving grandparents. Yeah. So, I mean, these two, they're, they're just like the cutest little couple, aren't they? Yeah. So at the time of their disappearance, Layla was 83 and Raymond was 88. So he is older than her, um, but not by much. So they were they weren't super young at the time that they went missing. Um, but let's get into the events that led up to what happened. And yeah. Okay. So these two lovebirds looked forward to this every, this time every year, which was around the summertime. And they would get ready for, to go to a music festival that they went to every single year. They never missed it no matter what. So they would drive from their home and I believe it's Salado, Texas. I've never been. Um, and they would go to Temple, Texas, which according to the maps is about 18 minutes away from each other. So not very, very far. You know, that's like me going to the to Walmart or something. Um, but the two were very excited, but their son, Hal, did not want them to go because he was worried that Layla was showing signs of Alzheimer's and Raymond had actually had a stroke like really recently before the trip. So this was, he was super worried about, 
about them, which I can see why, but he just would not want them to go. Like, he just didn't want them to. And he was fighting with them, arguing with them and stuff. And he even tried to compromise and say that he would drive them there and he would bring them back. But they just wanted to go alone. This was their trip that they went to. It was a tradition or whatever. So with all the back and forth, the son ended up letting them go, even though he tried so hard to get them to take precaution. So on June 29th, 1997, the two took off on their in their Oldsmobile, which I don't even know what that is, honestly. Um, And they went on their vacation. So I couldn't find how long the two were supposed to be gone, like, for sure. Because I saw that it was only either a one-day trip or that it was a four-day trip. But I'm not really sure, like, which one it was. And either way, when the couple didn't show back up on time or contact their family... Their son grew worried about his parents. So the police were contacted about the couple and they started investigating. The first clue that they found was an employee at a Walmart said that they had seen Layla and Howard come in and shop for, I believe, coffee. And it was this was during the evening time. And then they just left. So they just went shopping like nothing else. Well... After this, the police would start getting really odd tips from other police officers and other residents, but they weren't in Texas. So a sheriff had contacted the police and said that he actually pulled over a couple that was driving. um, They were driving and he pulled them over because they didn't have their headlights on. So... They were, I guess they were driving at night or whatever. Their headlights were off and the cops noticed or a sheriff noticed and pulled them over. And this stop happened on July 2nd in Arkansas. So they weren't even in Texas. What the heck? Yeah. And this was like 500 miles from where they were supposed to be. Hmm. So, and like there was nowhere that said that this police officer like was confirming that it was a hundred percent them or he was just telling them like hey i pulled this old couple over this might be who you were talking about um and same with walmart so this is all just kind of like trying to help what happened you know Mm -hmm. so this was a really odd lead like if it in fact was the couple he said that when he stopped the couple, they told him they were trying to figure out how to get back to Texas. Well, this is where I might have done something a little different because the sheriff gave them directions and let them go with the warning. And I feel like if I was a sheriff, I would have, you know, just, I wouldn't have just let them go. You know, because if he knew that they were from Texas and how old they were and they couldn't figure out the way back, you know, at that age, you should know how to like follow your directions. Like you went this way. So now you need to figure out how to get back. It's the same way that makes sense, you know? Yeah. And especially in a time where it wasn't, you didn't have like Apple maps and Google maps and all this stuff. So I feel like he should have 
ask them, hey, do you have anyone I can call for you? Or let's go back to the station, anything like that. But, you know, I wasn't in the situation, so it's hard to say what happened or what should have happened. But the sheriff did mention that when he pulled them over, he had no idea they were missing because he was in Arkansas. So when it happened, he may not have seen just yet, like all the alerts that there was this missing couple. They may have not seen it, like sent it over state lines. Well, apparently a day after the two were pulled over, residents of Arkansas called in saying they think they saw them at a farmer's market. When they called, there was a large search conducted for the couple, but they did not find anything. They were so confused on how this could have happened because they had all kinds of searches happening nearby. This couple just vanished out of nowhere. Like, isn't that so odd? All these people are spotting them, but the police were always like two steps behind. Yeah, it's almost as if they weren't acting fast enough. I mean, I really don't know. I don't know if the police were honestly too worried because like in their minds compared to other like calls that they had they could have been like okay well they're not really in danger they're just driving around so i'm gonna go to this call first and when i'm done i'll hit up the farmer's market but by then they could have been already left yeah that's true i don't know it's just it sucks that literally like every time every single time it was like it was always too late well apparently a day after the two were pulled over Oh, wait, I just said that. Yeah, sorry, guys. Um, this couple just vanished. While all of this was happening, they started looking at their, like, at their home, trying to find out evidence as to what had happened or where they were going. This is another part of the investigation that was odd to the police officers. When they were looking through the house, they found that the cat was left with no food or water. There were clothes on their bed that were nicely folded for their trip, they believe, but they ju- they were just left behind. They left their hearing aids, and their calendar was set to the month of February, but to me, is it really weird because I forget to change my calendar all the time? So unless this was something that they always made sure was right, I don't think that's odd. But they also found that everything was unplugged, which also isn't too weird to me because... It's said to be best practice to unplug everything when you're leaving your house for an extended period of time. It saves energy, it stops fires from happening, so on and so forth. So, like having everything unplugged and you're going on a trip for four days, then it would make sense as to why the the couple did this or maybe they never did this before. I don't know. Um, Those two things weren't really like red flags to me. The police believe that all of these signs pointed to their mental health declining. All of these different variables made the police officers really worried that this, that something bad was going to happen. They checked everywhere and they, they tried to find the two, the couple, and they just could not find them. They didn't have any hints as to where they were or anything like that. So unfortunately, on July 12th, there was some hikers that came across a car in the outer area of Hot Springs, Arkansas. The police showed up and found out that it was the couple's Oldsmobile that they that the hikers had found. They saw 
that they had driven off a 25 foot cliff, which the police had already searched this area before, but they said there was a lot of brush and they could, they could have missed it. And, or that it could have happened after the search of the area. So Raymond was in the car, I believe in the passenger seat and Layla was 20 feet away from the car, still having her keys and purse in her hands. The, pro the police reported that the car was going about 50 miles per hour when they went off the cliff and could not find any indication that of them trying to stop the car. They still had have to have no confirmed answers as to why it happened, but it's speculated that maybe they didn't see the cliff or maybe they were distracted or there was even talk of maybe she, if she was having Alzheimer's, maybe she was in one of her you know, flashback moments or something. And she just kept going and didn't realize what she was doing. But yeah, that's pretty much it. One last thing I do want to say is there's a songwriter that caught wind of this tragic story and his name is Tony Scalzo. And he's from Austin, Texas. Him and his group members of the group called Fastball wrote a song called The Way. And it was released a year after the two were found. So they kind of like romant like romanticized the story of the two. So go listen to it when you guys get a chance. Well, what do you think, Barb? That's tragic. Like that is a tragic story. Um, so was she was the woman actually driving or was or we don't know? She was because they said that Raymond was in the passenger seat. Oh. And I guess the driver's seat was open and it looked like she kind of like crawled out. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, we really don't know what happened. Um, I do know that it's tragic, but even then, like if, if they were driving again without their headlights on and going 50 miles an hour, um, like around an area that has cliffs and, and things like that, I feel like that's, that's an easy way to drive off and not mean to, you know, especially yes, exactly prone to not put her lights on while she's driving and it's dark outside um but that's that's so sad it really is and that's that's like one of those one of the reasons why I wanted to, why I wanted to tell the story because I had only heard the story one other time and I just thought it was a super tragic story that I feel like should be told to everyone and you know if if you see that your parents or grandparents are you know not in the best shape, I guess I would say. I would uh, honestly, just because they say they want to still go, maybe follow them. If, yeah. if they're not gonna let you drive, then you just follow them, you know? And the son had, like, he tried so hard and he was always on top of things and make, and I believe it was Layla's son from another marriage. Um, but I just kind of said it was both of his parents, you know? Mm -hmm. And he just, he tried so hard and I feel so bad for him because I guess he was probably one of their main t caretakers, but it's just, it's sad. The whole story is sad. And the fact that they end up all the way in Arkansas is ridiculous. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy to me. But yeah, so I know it wasn't a murder, but I thought I would share the story anyways, just to kind of, you know give you guys I guess another tragic story but thank you all for joining us today let us know what you think by emailing us at 
tcwtm2021 at gmail.com or on our Facebook page at Texas Chicks Who Talk Murder, Instagram, Texas Chicks Who Talk Murder with no spaces, and Twitter at Texas Chicks Who with the number one. As always, stay out of dark places and watch your back because you never know who's lurking. Bye. Bye.